All right, here we go. Real Talk Live. It's 11.04. Let's get her started here. First game on the slate as as far as NFL schedule goes. It's the two and three. Yes, I repeat, the two and three Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Washington uh, to take on the two and three Washington football team. You know, we've talked about this a few times. I, I mentioned it on the pod. I don't think the Washington football team is very good. Um, they're a seven and nine team last year that did not improve much. And as of right now, their record kind of shows what I think they're probably going to be, uh, lose more games than they win, but they'll win a few. I don't think this is one of them today. The chiefs still have a lot of battling to do. We just talked about this this past week on the pod. If you haven't listened, go listen now. Um, we, we basically broke down the, the chiefs remaining schedule and we like them in a lot of games. They've played a pretty tough schedule in their first five. And we like them to be really good and competitive throughout the rest of the season. I like the Chiefs here. Um, probably not big, but enough to come out with a comfortable W, maybe seven or so points, and and walk away uh, at 500. What do you think? Yeah, I know a lot of people could think, you know, Washington at home versus a struggling Chiefs team. Um, Heineke's playing well for Washington. They've got a good running back in uh, Gibson. They've got the weapons, McLaurin. Uh, I I think the Washington football team is going to be able to move the ball and put up some points because this Chiefs defense is really bad. But on the flip side, Washington's defense has also been really bad. And when you start to look at what quarterback do you trust more, I know we're all taking Patrick Mahomes. I think this is a game where the Chiefs could score 40-plus points, and I don't think Washington has that in them. And a lot of times when we see teams that are doing really well, such as the Steelers last year or the Broncos this year, we have no problem pointing out that they've beaten terrible teams. So why would we trust them to beat the good ones? Well, on the flip side, the Chiefs' three losses are all to four and one teams. And one of their wins has come against the Browns, who are a good team. So they, they've honestly had a brutal first five games. And I think this team is due for another win. Like we said, they've already lost three games. I don't see them losing any more than three or four, possibly. And this one's not it. I do think they can go into Washington, and that offense is going to carry them to a victory like it's going to have to for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, we have definitely not wrote the Chiefs off. We just acknowledge that they definitely have problems that – I don't think we anticipated would happen in this year, maybe definitely next year or the year after, as this team is adjusting to cap situations and how they've paid certain players. But, yeah, I think we both like the Chiefs here, and I don't think we feel – at least I don't. I don't feel even remotely optimistic. I, I, I think Chiefs roll with this one. I think the Chiefs will win this one. Yeah. We'll keep her moving here. Four and one, Rams, L.A. Rams, uh, Stafford and company are traveling to New York. Uh, where they play the one and four Giants. Daniel Jones is expected to play even after leaving last week with a concussion. Uh, Saquon's out this week. Kenny Galladay's out. I believe Slayton is also out. Interesting, interesting um, team the Giants are because I think they're better than their record, but probably not by much. Where are you going on this one? I'll let you start off. Uh, Giants are too beat up. And the Rams are a top three, top four team in the NFL. And a lot of times when you see a team that's really good playing a bad team, you like to say, well, maybe they, you know, play down their competition or don't treat it as a must win like all games are. But when you play in the NFC West, 
every game is a must win, especially when your only loss is to a team in division. We all take that into consideration. Their only loss is to the team that hasn't lost yet through five games. So I think the Rams, even at full health, are a better offensive team and a better defensive team. When you look at all the injuries on the Giants' offense, I honestly wouldn't even have played Daniel Jones when all those weapons are out. I don't think Kadarius Tony can carry them to a win. Um, I like the Rams to actually win this one pretty handily. Um, I, I'd say well over a touchdown, two to three possession win. Um, I, I think the Rams are a comfortable pick here to win. Yeah, we've spoken about this a few times. I do like the Giants secondary, and that seems relatively healthy, but it just hasn't been able to propel them in any game thus far. So I'm not going to pick them to take him to take over the Rams' explosive offense. Um, if they have to do so running the ball, I think they could. I like the Rams here as well. Probably pretty comfortable, 10 or plus points. So we'll keep her moving. Uh, man, we got a dog and pony show here. We got the one and four Texans traveling to Indianapolis to play the one and four Colts division rivalry game. The leader of this division, if I'm not mistaken, only has two wins and it's the Titans. I'm sorry, three, three wins. The Titans are three and two, but they're playing the bills this week. This is kind of an important win for both of these teams. If they have any aspirations of winning the division, which is still pretty wide open. I think we both agree. The Colts started with the worst five game stretch. We've said this multiple times. We said this on the pod, the division breakdown, everything. I'm guessing you're going Colts here because I am too. I just think this is a pretty bad Texans team. And the Colts have – they haven't showed their complete potential. I think they played a pretty good game last week and ended up coming up short. I think they played good enough to win today. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm going – I'm hammering the Colts today. Uh, Jennifer uh, you know, listens to just about every podcast we put out. We thank you for that. She's in here right now. She always asks me for my survival picks. Um, we just did them back-to-back. My survival picks, my two entries, Rams against the Giants and Colts against the Texans are my two survival picks. Uh, this is an absolute must-win for the Colts, and they are head and shoulders a better team than the Texans. Um, I do think Davis Mills comes back down to earth. He had a good game against the Patriots, but um, Jeff alluded to some injuries that the Patriots had. And the Patriots, in all fairness, aren't really a good team this year, and we're still able to beat the Texans even as they were hurt. Um, the Colts are always going to be able to run the ball. Jonathan Taylor's coming off a big performance. The Colts have had some real heartbreaking losses to both the Rams and Ravens, two very good 4 and one teams. Um, I do think the Colts are a team that, as of right now, struggle with the great teams, but I think they can really put away the bad teams. They, they kind of beat the Dolphins really good. And I think they'll beat the Texans really good. Frank Reich's a great coach. This offensive line's good. And it starts with their defense, who's a top 10 defense in the league. I think they take care of business um, at home. Colts, I believe I could double check. I believe they're the biggest spread of the day at minus 10 and a half. Yeah, they're the only double digit spread. They're minus 10 and a half at home against the Texans. And like you said, this is a must win. And not even getting too far in front of themselves. If they win and the Bills take care of the Titans, you know, Colts still play the Titans again. So they can split wins. I think this is huge for their aspirations to, you know, make the playoffs, even if their record isn't as good as they want it to be. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. I, I, I completely agree. I think the Colts take care of business. Say. Texans are a bad football team that was able to take advantage of a weak New England team last week, but that's about it. They still weren't able to get the W. So. 
Moving on here, uh, my personal number 10 team in the league, the 3-2 and two Bengals are traveling to Detroit to play the 0-5 Lions, Detroit Lions. Where are you at on this one? I know you don't think much of the Lions. I know you're not probably as high on the Bengals as I am, but you still like them. Where are you going here? Yeah, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a different take here uh, on this game than I've done the past weeks. Um, Lions are terrible. Bengals roll next game. What do you have to say? (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, I really like the Bengals. The more and more I watch them, the more I realize how quickly Joe Burrow has adapted and how this team did the right thing by drafting him an absolute beast at wide receiver and taking care of the offensive line in the second round. Like I knew they could, they made the right moves and their offense seems to be far from a weakness. Uh, It's definitely the strength of this team and and then the defense is growing too. The lions aren't good enough to beat the Bengals on any side of the ball. Bengals roll. I agree. Let's keep it moving. So the the other thing too, is maybe it makes me a bad uh, talking head. Maybe, maybe it's one of the reasons you like hearing me, but from the beginning of the season, I have dug my feet in on the Lions are terrible. And I will not move from that until they win a game. Now, I know that they have had some close losses, but that doesn't mean that they're a good team. They've lost every game they've played. they found ways to lose it, even when they seem like they're in control. And I will say one thing. I don't want people to get it twisted because it is my belief. The Lions do play incredibly hard. That does not mean that they are well coached. I think Dan Campbell seems like the perfect guy for the job, and maybe he is because the Lions are playing hard. But their roster just isn't talented enough to win games. So maybe they are coached well, but we just won't know because they don't have the players to reflect that. I just don't think they'll win against the Bengals either. Well, just real quick, if you think the Lions could potentially squeak out a win against the Bengals today, I'm just going to give you some some facts here. They've played the 49ers, okay? The Niners dropped 41 on them. They played the Packers. They dropped 35. That's probably the best passing quarterback they've played, by the way, so far is Aaron Rodgers, and that's probably not arguable. Then they played uh, Lamar Jackson, 19 points. Then they played Justin Fields, 24 points. Then they played the Vikings last week, gave up 19 points. I think Joe Burrow is the – questionably the second best passing attack they're going to play, if not the best passing attack because of what the wide receivers are. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, just the passing attack might be slightly better. I don't think the Lions have any way to stop it. Their corners have been pretty bad this year. I, we've spent a lot on this game. I, I think the Bengals rule. Probably a solid survival pick if anybody also, you know, looking for a different one besides picking a one and four team. I mean, I, Brad's pretty common in the Colts, so am I, but picking one and four teams can be a little sketchy. Sometimes uh, it's ugly. Moving, week to week, you got to get, gotta get through it. Sometimes you're right. Ugly. You got to get through it every week. Four and one Packers at the three and two Chicago Bears. Obviously, the NFL's oldest rivalry going to be renewed here today at one o'clock. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have won four straight. Justin Fields seems to be pretty, pretty good, but not dominant. I know you like the Bears. I'll let you start with this one. I'm interested where you where you go here. Um, so I'm so kind of caught up here because a lot of star players have their one team that they just feel like they got the Superman cape on, and that's that's Rodgers. It just seems in the last few years, and even over his whole career, even when he's supposed to lose, somehow he beats beats the Bears. Randall Cobb's kind of come into play a little bit for the Packers. Devontae Adams, obviously that guy. I just think that with no Jair Alexander, 
you have – I think this is time for Allen Robinson to have a breakout game. Maybe we've been saying that too long. I know J-Mag's thinking as he's typing right now, Allen Robinson's not who we think he is. He voiced that last week. But I think Darnell Mooney's coming to his own. Bill Lazor's really got this offense playing a lot different. Um, no, no Zadari Smith, no Jair Alexander. I think the Lions can – or the, the Bears can score some points here on the Packers. And I really like the way this Bears defense is playing. I know the Packers can essentially be the better team here, but they're 4-1 and one with a negative point differential. That's really hard to do. The Lions have been in some tough games. I, I like their pass rush. I, I'm going to just go ahead and say upset alert. I'm taking the Bears at home. I don't feel great about it, but I'm not going to sit here and say that every game has a clear-cut winner either. This is a, an intense divisional rivalry. Justin Fields' first time in it has a chance to really, like, prove himself. And I, I like the Bears here in, in a really crucial upset spot. And if they win this game, the Bears are 3-2, and two, if I'm not mistaken, correct? The Bears are 3-2 and two right now, so if they lose, they'd be 500. Yeah, exactly. And if they win, they would be tied with Green Bay and have the tiebreaker and essentially take the lead in the division. I don't know. I just they would think, be number one in the division, correct. Yeah, I think both teams have a lot to play for here. Division game, I like the better defense outside Soldier Field. You know, it's going to be a little breezy today. Winds are supposed to be pretty high. I think they're running attacks there. Even, I mean, maybe not because actually they're back upset with COVID. So I don't even know who the running back is for the Bears. Maybe it'll be Justin Fields. Either way, I'm just going to take this as a, uh, as a gut call upset game. But I, I don't know. I don't like the Packers as much as a lot of people do. Guys, Brad has this weird loyalty to the Bears. I'm not really sure what it is. Aaron Rodgers, 20-5 and record career against them. Uh, He goes on the road today to take on a rookie quarterback that really hasn't even broke 200 yards passing yet, I don't believe. And if he has, it's probably 201 yards. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets it done on the road, continues what is a now five-game winning streak after today. I don't think the Packers or the Bears have any sort of offense to, to keep pace with what Aaron Rodgers is going to do today. Playing out in the cold has never been a problem. It's playing in Florida that's a problem for him. So Packers roll. Well, if they roll, it'll be nice to see the Steelers' future quarterback carve up a really good defense. It's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, moving on here, in my opinion, is the absolute game of the day. I think we can, uh, we're going to have some opinions here. I have a feeling we're going to differ. I'm excited to even remotely talk about it. Here we go. Four and one LA Chargers traveling west to east to play the four and one Baltimore Ravens. The Chargers lose game two, I believe, of the year, and they've won three straight. The Ravens dropped the first game and they've won four straight. They've won some weird games in weird fashions, but this is, this is a good football team. I'll go ahead and start. I'll let you start the last one. I love the Ravens here. I love the Ravens here at home for a lot of reasons. Justin Herbert going west to east, uh, West Coast team going East Coast team at 1 o'clock, uh, typically favors the West Coast, the East Coast team unless it's Russell Wilson. Uh, Lamar Jackson is playing like the MVP of the league. So is Herbert, but Lamar Jackson is playing unreal right now. I think he's on a high. And the Ravens are really starting to figure themselves out and – to be honest, they're finding ways to win. They probably could have won that that week one game and be five and zero. So, as could the Chargers. I, I think this will be an absolute barn burner, and 
my goodness, if Justin Herbert goes on the road and beats Baltimore in Baltimore and has a dominant performance, we might be talking about the best player in the league. I think that's where, literally where we're at, but I don't think it happens today. I think Lamar Jackson outshines him, and we have a 5-1 a and one Ravens team. I'll let you go. Yeah, um, the Ravens at home is always tough to go against. Um, I don't know if my chat box is working on the app right now. Um, I don't know if people are still putting in messages. But I was speaking to J-Mag, who's in here, before we did this podcast. We both agreed this is probably the number one and number two candidates for MVP, along with Kyler Murray and um, Josh Allen. So you have two MVP candidates. The one thing I have to say is the Chargers just beat a team who played perfect offense, and they, they beat them. We, we say the Ravens are finding ways to win. So are the Chargers. I just think that the Ravens needed a massive comeback to beat the one in four Colts by six, and they were only able to put up 19 on the Lions. It is going to take more, more points and a better complete game to beat this Chargers offense, which is, along with the Bills, right now the hottest offense in the league. Um, I know we both listened to the Colin Cowherd podcast, and there was a good point. If this game is supposed to be close, less than a touchdown, it could come down to which kicker you trust more. Chargers kicker has been awful, and obviously Justin Tucker's on the other side. But the way they go for it on fourth down so much, the Chargers, they can keep Lamar Jackson off the field. I think they have a good pass rush, and with Derwin James and uh, Kenneth Murray, the amount of speed that they can have down in the box to kind of contain Lamar Jackson. I think that the Chargers are going to get it done. We definitely differ here. But this game is on everybody's TV in the 1 o'clock window. If you can find a way to get it on, it is it's absolutely going to be a potential ASC championship game on your TV. You know, talk about the Chargers, Bills, Ravens, Browns. And those are probably the four teams right now in the AFC you think can make it. So. Absolute firecracker of a game, but I'm taking the bolts. Yeah, I just want to, you know, we'll take a little little bit extra on this game. It's a big one. You know, you talked about how the Ravens barely beat the Lions. You, you know, this Charger team barely beat Washington. They scored 20 points, let Washington score 16. I mean, this team hasn't played perfect. Week two, they only scored 17 points um, at home against Dallas. Then they obviously outplayed Kansas City in Kansas City, and they, they beat the, the the Vegas Raiders, and then they beat Cleveland when Cleveland played, I'm not joking you, a perfect game. I think the Ravens are able to control the clock. This is a completely different team than what they've played. Washington, really don't really even know how to describe them. They're kind of – I can't even say they're a defensive team because they're not. They suck. But Dallas, passing team. Cleveland – or um, Kansas City, passing team. Raiders, passing team. Cleveland, a little bit of both, play action and running team. Baltimore is different in that sense. They struggled with Cleveland as a running team. I think they're going to struggle with Baltimore too, and this is a completely different running style than what Cleveland is. Give me Baltimore at home. I know I know you like the Chargers, and I love the Chargers too. I just think in this game, at this time, this time slot, everything that goes into it, um, Ravens win. Anybody else that wants to comment, I see Matt Cole here. He's taking Chargers 38-34 in the chat. Anybody else that's got a, a prediction, we'd love to hear. I think this is – Brad said it, I said it. This is the game of the day by far. Yeah, also you talk about Matt Cole's comment. Again, that does solidify my chat is not updating, so I haven't seen anybody's comments or anything like that. 
Um, going forward, I think that with Chris Harris Jr. and Asante Samuel Jr., I believe they have an opportunity to trust their cornerbacks in one-on-one down the field. Derwin James offers an equal counterpart to Mark Andrews. I believe when you have a team that you can comfortably say, we're going to match up one-on-one with your top three weapons and, and get after Lamar Jackson and force him to throw into tight windows, a lot of times Lamar Jackson's running gets him to extend plays and he throws to a lot of open receivers or one or two yards of separation. I believe the Chargers will force Lamar Jackson to have one of his best pocket throwing games. I think that's going to be the difference. Again, there are reasons for both teams to win. I like it when we differ. You guys who have picks to make that are listening, you get to see kind of like why this team should be good, why that team should be good. I know through three or four weeks, the Chargers have held every team they've played to their lowest total. Raiders, 14. Cowboys, 14. And then eventually they ran into the Browns, who are the number one running attack in the league in yards per game. And they were able to run all over the Chargers. Will they be able to do that with Lamar Jackson in a quarterback running style more than through their running backs? Because Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb tore them apart. I think it's a different style of running attack. I think the Chargers can handle it. But, man, I can't wait to watch it. I really can't wait to watch it. Steelers don't play till 8 o'clock. I, I, I'm so excited to watch the Chargers-Ravens game. Yeah, 100%. That's the game on my TV, too. Patriots play at 425. We'll leave this with the closing here. So, Matt Cole, like I said, Chargers 38-34. Jordan, flip the coin. That's what he's saying here because you're not far off, Jordan. I think this is a coin flip game. Uh, and then Jeff Halbert coming in, Ravens in a close one, 28-24. I said it before. I'll say it again. Justin Herbert goes on the road and beats down the Ravens, just plays perfect. Not beats him down, but plays a perfect game, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, whatever he's been doing lately, and gets the W, we, we legitimately might be talking about the best player in the league. That's I'm not even just exaggerating. He's playing so well right now. He seems – he doesn't seem like a sophomore quarterback. You, you talked about this in, in our draft episode a year and a half ago, that Justin Herbert was probably better than Joe Burrow and that you liked him as far as the value goes to draft him later than Burrow. And it's proven to be right. Yeah, I always like to but point that's... out with uh, two quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, even though I was high on them, they have exceeded my expectations. I did not think they would be as good as they are as fast as they've become. This well, I mean, obviously, to, to, to predict that Justin Herbert's an MVP-style player in his second year is, is – that's a prediction. Ridiculous. I mean, obviously, Lamar did it, but yeah. Uh, J- Jordan here. I flipped the coin. It's the Chargers. Herbert for MVP. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it moving. Uh, I really like. I really like this game too. I wish I would be able to. I, I wish this would have been like a Thursday night or a Monday nighter because this is an intriguing game to me. Two teams that I'm higher on that are underperforming. Uh, the Vikings two and three traveling to Carolina to play the Panthers, who are three and two. I think this is an absolute coin flip game too. I I, I like the Vikings as a two and three team as a team that probably should have another win, if not two under the belt. I know they have a missed field goal this year. Um, I know they played pretty poorly against the Browns in a low scoring game. And then the Panthers who are coming off two in a row, two losses in a row, losing to the Cowboys who are better than them. But then last lost to why I was escaping me. Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles when they were winning. Yeah. So, I'll let you start. I started last time. I don't know where to go on this game. I've, I've flipped multiple times. 
All right, I'll start. Um, cheap penalty moves the ball, and the Jaguars just took the lead, for those of you who needed an update. Um, so moving on with the Vikings-Panthers, Sam Darnold has not looked the same at all since Christian McCaffrey left the field. They do not have that X factor on offense, and it's made Sam Darnold and the entire offense look awfully pedestrian. Right now, at least in fantasy rankings, the Vikings have the eighth best defense in the league. I tried to talk about that. They've lost to a few late field goals, whether made or missed. Um, the Vikings have two decent corners, Brashad Breeland, Patrick Peterson. They got the hitman in the back. They've got some a, a decent, good front seven. I like them to get after Sam Darnold. I see Sam Darnold having these turnover issues the last two games. I see that continuing. Flip side on the offense. I know that they got Stephon Gilmore. He's not playing yet. C.J. Henderson, is he really the answer at corner? Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, I believe, comes back. And even if he doesn't, Anthony, uh, that Madison guy's there. They have two running backs more than capable. I like the Vikings to go into Carolina and get the win here. Yeah, I mean, you said a lot that makes sense. I don't disagree necessarily with anything. Um, I don't think the Panthers are toast because they lost McCaffrey, though. I think we little maybe disagree there. Um, gosh, you know the Panthers coming off two losses in a row. I don't, I don't foresee a third one. They are at home. There's this is a this is a very close game. I love the Vikings wide receivers. I love what Kirk Cousins is doing, especially at one o'clock games. But ultimately, I think. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Panthers. Panthers win this one super close. I think this one is – if Ravens Chargers isn't on, I probably would be watching this one because I, I'm, I'm intrigued by both of these teams. I like both these teams. But Panthers find a way, 23-21. I think it's a really close one, maybe a last-second field goal. I actually like the Vikings a little bit more comfortably. I, I like a 31-20 game. I think 7-14 to 14 points, two, one to two possessions. Wow. I think okay. it's a two-possession win for the Vikings. We'll keep it moving here. This is a, a pretty good four o'clock game. Uh, questionably the best one of the day. We'll see what people think here. I'd love to hear in the chat. Obviously, a bunch of Browns fans I know will follow us. But uh, let's go the five and O Arizona Cardinals traveling to Cleveland at four o'clock to play the three and two Cleveland Browns. I'll start here. Cliff Kingsbury is out. Arizona is undefeated and they are rolling, but. Cleveland's able to run the ball, and they're able to run the ball pretty much on anyone. And I think that with the proper game plan, they will keep the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands and do enough that Baker, the former Oklahoma number one pick, outduels Kyler Murray, the other Oklahoma number one pick, and the Browns find a way to get it done. High-scoring game. I think it's a lot of fun, but the Cards are missing their head coach, and the Browns are at home. I think that's enough for me to edge the Browns to give Cardinals their first loss of the year, and the Browns fans think they're going to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, um, Kyler Murray hasn't practiced most of the week. Cliff Kingsbury out, and there's projected to be 20-plus mile-an-hour wins. Not terrible, but again, I think that favors the Browns. No Nick Chubb. It hurts the Browns a little bit. A lot of it's no Nick Chubb. But Kareem Hunt's been playing really well. I don't know his name, the number 25, I believe. Their third-string running back, he comes in and plays well. They get Jarvis Landry back. 
I know they say uh, Garrett and Clowney questionable. Garrett's definitely playing. Clowney will most likely play. Um, I think the 49ers did a lot to kind of limit what Kyler can do, stressing keeping him in the pocket. Um, they have the two outside guys able to do that if they uh, play discipline in Garrett and Clowney. I think they can get the pressure. I think they can take care of uh, the time of possession, which they tend to do in most of their games. Browns at home. I like them to give the, the, the top team their first loss and kind of even the playing field and have a ton of four-win teams out there in the NFL. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Browns at home. I like, the, I like them here in this game. I think you're referring to Dear Ernest Johnson, the running back, the backup running back. Uh, I think uh, that's uh, his name. Uh, uh, he's also their punt returner. Electric guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Browns to control the clock today. Um, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Love Arizona. I had them as my number one team. But I have the Browns as a top ten team. And at home, I like the matchup here. I'm going Browns. Uh, we'll keep it moving here. The three and two Raiders. Actually, let me make sure there's no uh, predictions in the, in the comments here. Oh, here we go. Kyle, cards by ten. Matt, Browns win, 31-20. Jordan, Browns decisively at home with the weather, and Baker is good quarterback, and Baker hate needs to go. Jordan, I, I've been on the record here. I don't hate Baker Mayfield. But you said he's a good quarterback. I agree. I think a lot of people agree. But he ain't elite. He's had two opportunities to come from behind and win games this year, and he's 0-2 in those opportunities. And truthfully, he does most, if not all, of his pack, his 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 passing attack through play action and through a strong running game. And when he's asked to drop back to pass 50 times, he's he's not good. He's good between 25 to 32 attempts. And that's a game manager. By definition, that is a game manager. It is what it is. I, I'm not. I'm just calling a spade a spade here. Um, I love Baker. I like him for this team, I should say. I don't love him as a quarterback. I love him for this team. I think he, he provides attitude and cockiness and, and stability. Because he, for the most part, he's literally playing injured right now, and he's still out there. I respect stuff like that. Um, I think he's a great quarterback for Cleveland. And I love that Cleveland loves him because – there's nothing worse that, you know, currently as a Michigan fan, half the half the fan base hates your quarterback. So there's nothing worse than having a, a quarterback that your fan base hates when they're playing well. So there's a lot to like about Baker. Uh, Jordan here, they can win a Super Bowl with him. Yeah, I agree. With the game plans right and the running game's good, yeah, absolutely they can. You know, uh, Trent Dilfer won a, won a Super Bowl. Uh, he is not the most indispensable quarterback, as Bart Scott says, though indispensable. I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say. It's he's not the most indispensable. Meaning that sure the team, the, the Browns cannot get rid of Baker and be the same team. Like not many quarterbacks can, can work for the Browns like he does. I believe that's what that means. Okay. I mean, for the, I, I agree. I, I don't, I think a lot of people agree, but you could also say if the Browns had a better quarterback, they wouldn't be three and two. Just saying. I, the Browns would trade quarterbacks with a lot of people today. They would. Also disagree. That they could trade quarterback. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Um, we'll probably talk more about Baker on this coming week's pod, depending on how he plays this week. So I guess we'll see. But we're both going Browns. We both like the Browns, and Baker's not the reason we don't like them. So moving on here. 
three and two Las Vegas Raiders without head coach John Gruden. I'm sorry, former head coach John Gruden. Going to be traveling to Denver to play to pay a division rival, the three and two Broncos. Uh, both teams trying to keep pace with what seems to be the leader of the four and one Chargers. Obviously, Kansas City on their toes. Both these teams are looking for a win today, and obviously more so than usual. Where are you going on this one? Well, there's a lot of turmoil at the Raiders. Um, I believe they had some early wins that disguised their defense. It's not as great as we want to say it is. Got an okay pass rush, but I don't think their offense is going to be that successful against the Broncos. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And I know we talked about the Broncos getting wins because they were playing bad teams. I kind of like them to get back on track. Denver's a tough place to play. I think Denver at home has a slight advantage in a divisional game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a wide margin of victory. But Derek Carr started to cool down. They're going to have an inexperienced head coach. Uh, trying to run things, and we know John Gruden was the play caller there in Oakland, so or Las Vegas, excuse me. So new play caller had to take over the job on the fly with really no preparation to do so, and they have to travel to Denver to play a divisional opponent. I just think the odds are really stacked up against him here after they just lost to a Bears team, who I think is around the same skill level as the Broncos, uh, borderline playoff teams. So I, I like the uh, Broncos to take care of business at home here against the Raiders. Man, these guys must be loving the pod today. We disagree. Uh, Raiders are obviously coming off some turmoil this week. Let's be honest here. There's no reason to sugarcoat it. Uh, but ultimately, I think they like themselves as a football squad. And they do things that the Broncos right now aren't able to do with some of their injuries. The, the Raiders started 3-0, and so did Denver. Denver did, had 3-0 against absolutely trash opponents, where the Raiders had beat three teams that won 10 games last year. Both teams have have two-game skids now, where they've lost. I think the Raiders come back to earth this week, and the Broncos don't. It's, we're talking about an hour flight from Vegas to, to Denver. We're not talking anything serious here. I like I like the Raiders um, to, get a, to get a storybook win today, obviously having to, to – to go on without their head coach, um, Raiders win. Hmm. Let, let's see if we disagree. Let's see if we disagree again here. We're just uh, we're giving the fans everything they want. The four and one Dallas Cowboys at the two and three Patriots. The Patriots have two wins, both on the road. They have three losses, all at home. They are at home today. Where are you going with this one? Um, this one, I just don't want to overlook too much things and think about individual matchups or intricacies. I just think flat out right now the Cowboys are a better football team than the New England Patriots. Um, I know Patriots at home, we want to say their defense is going to keep them in the game, this and that. But I just believe if there's a way for Davis Mills to destroy this defense, there's got to be a way for Dak to do it too. This offense is way more balanced. Tony Pollard and Zeke both running really well out of the backfield. Defense is playing great. Trayvon Diggs, Defensive Player of the Year candidate on defense. The front seven's playing well. Micah Parsons, Leighton Vander Esch, the guys up front. I just really like what the Cowboys are doing. I think it's going to take more offense to beat them than than low 20s, and I don't know if the Patriots have more than 24 points in their team. So I like the Cowboys to win simply just 
in our opinion, a top five or six team in the league versus a team that's, you know, two and three. I, I like the Cowboys on the road here. Yeah, Brad, I, I think that you, you've nailed this one on the head. Um, and you said a lot of things that I was going to say. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, we're, we're on the same page here. Uh, New England has given up 17 points, six points, 28, which is the highest they gave up, 19 and 22. You just said Davis Mills was able to move the ball. That was on purpose. They obviously sold out against the run last week. They let Davis Mills try to beat him. One of his his touchdown passes was a long touchdown pass on a broken play on which this guy, I mean, he literally caught it between two defenders and he just got loose. Um, the game was a lot closer than it really should have been. I watched every snap. The Cowboys are a better football team than New England, but I can't for the life of me say that New England's going to go to 0-4 to start the season. That doesn't sound even remotely possible to me. And also, last year there was two times in which New England had games where I'm like, they have to win one of these two because that's just what they do. Last year they dropped it to Seattle, but they beat the Ravens. This is the game that I think they just put out a statement where it's like maybe they're better than people think. I think they beat the Cowboys today at home and find a way to get it done. I don't think the Cowboys score 30. New England has only scored, as you said, they can't score 24 points. You're 100% right. They've only scored 25. Is that's their most all year, and they did it twice. I think they find a way to get 25 again. 25-24 New England at home. Give it to me. I'll take it. New England finds a way to get a dub. Ooh. I have them picked, all right? We'll talk you about it later. all know that he's a Patriots fan. You all know he's a Patriots yeah. fan. We have massive integrity and in our, our weird loyalties to our different teams. Good luck, Jeff. Thanks, pal. I hope they do well for you. Uh, obviously, Jen, Cowboys fan, she's calling Cowboys by 10. Obviously, Jeff, Patriots fan, he's calling Patriots by 10. Matt Cole, he's a Niners fan. He's got Cowboys 31-17. We'll keep it moving. Sunday night football, the 2-3 and three Seattle Seahawks, led by your boy. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Geno Smith, headed to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Sorry, I find this so funny. Heading to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are also two and three. Both teams have kind of underperformed what they uh, would like to have seen their schedule look or their record look like this far. Um, but obviously, no Russell Wilson completely changes the aspect of this game. Nonetheless, I like Seattle by twenty-one. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> In seriousness, I like. I, I think this is a low-scoring game. I think the Steelers dial up all the pressure and really test Geno Smith. Unfortunately, the Steelers don't have much film on him, which I think gives Seattle a little bit of an advantage. And I do like their wide receivers up against Seattle um, Pittsburgh's corners. I still think it's low scoring. And I think Pittsburgh finds a way 21, 17, somewhere in there. I think it's really low scoring, maybe one big play from Seattle. And I think the Steelers find a way to maybe get a strip sack or something. What do you think? This is the first time all season that I have been confident in the Pittsburgh Steelers going into a football game. First time, week five, or it's week six now. Week six. Yeah. First time I felt confident. If you would have told me week two that the Steelers are four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seahawks, I would have laughed you off. But there's too many times that we look at Seattle, and even in our rankings, you know, let's not outthink ourselves here. Even in our rankings, we say, you know what? 
Seattle, terrible corners, no pass rush. But man, Russell Wilson. That's ex- that's I mean almost verbatim how we grade the Seahawks and most people listening would probably do the same thing. No Russell Wilson, no Chris Carson who are two of their seven best players. This team might rank dead last in the league in pass rush, which bodes well for the Steelers offensive line who dealt with Von Miller well last week against the Broncos. This team has last week they made a switch to where they erased the zone scheme from their offensive line. It went straight man-to-man. Let's just try and be physical. We got an over 100-yard rusher in Najee Harris, who looks like an, an amazing bright spot for the team. The Steelers have a top-five defense in the league. They get after Geno Smith. I look for him to have some turnovers. I think the defense is going to look really good at home on a Sunday night. I think the Steelers can win here by over a touchdown and over a possession game. And I think it's going to cloud a lot of people's judgments. They're going to say, oh, man, the Steelers are back. But I'm going to pump the brakes on that as well because I just think it's a perfect matchup. The, the, the corners are weak. Our, our wide receivers are good. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, they have no pass rush. Our offensive line's pass blocking is the weakest part of our team, so it's a, it's a favorable matchup there. I just think there's a lot of things that the Seahawks don't do well, and it's where the Steelers do do pretty well. Um, the offense looked pretty good against the Broncos, which was nice to see at least a little bit of light from the Steelers' offense. But at home on a Sunday night, I, I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this spot, especially with the Russell Wilson injury. That obviously changed. Yeah, rematch of Super Bowl Forty here. Obviously, we, we date back 15 years ago, which is kind of fun. Um, these teams last played in 19, I believe it was Week Two, and Ben Roethlisberger famously got hurt uh, for the year. In the comments here, we got Kyle, Seattle Seahawks fan. He's taking the Hawks. Uh, Jeff Halbert, Geno Smith is auditioning for the Steelers starter spot next year. Relax. <laughs> Kyle, I think Najee Harris has a day. Uh, no Carson either, so the Steelers win. Yeah, no Russ, no Chris Carson. That is big. That is, that's that's 80% of their rushing attack. Uh, Kyle, again, Collins has been playing well, but it's definitely not enough. I think the Hawks need to keep Adams in the box and at the line all day, um, obviously, to stop the run there. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Kyle. I think they do keep Adams in the box, but I don't think it's enough. I think this is low scoring, but I like the Steelers here. Um, if Geno Smith goes on the road and beats the Steelers, man, the Steelers are just in trouble, and they really need to make moves. But we'll talk just about a that little probably thing. next week. Yeah, in terms of the standings, when you look at the Browns being one win above them and the Ravens being two wins above them, and they play Cardinals and Chargers, there's a good chance both those teams have have a good chance to lose. So this is a great time for the Steelers to capitalize and really make the division open. They can't let it run away from them. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. The Steelers, this is definitely a – I think it's fair to say it's a must win. They, they need this win if they have any aspirations of being competitive this year. So. And what's kind of funny, we talked about the new 17-game schedule. So first-place teams have to play five other first-place teams. Steelers were able to beat the Bills, and then another one of those first-place teams they have to play is the Seahawks, who now are without Russell Wilson. So two of their three wins could potentially be against other number one seeds. And Mike Tomlin famously plays up or down to his competition. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited for Sunday night. 
Well, let's talk about Monday night here. We have a couple extra minutes. Uh, I think we'll probably get you guys out here early. So we got the four and one Buffalo Bills coming off four straight wins after losing week one to Pittsburgh. They're traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans, who are three and two. They've had a rocky year losing to the Jets already, but they do get Julio Jones back. So as far as full health offense, the Titans should be there um, for a clash on Monday night in Nashville. Where are you going with this one? I have a feeling that uh, I know where you're going, but I'll let you go. Um, In my opinion, and I've said it on all of our Tuesday podcasts, I believe that the Buffalo Bills are the most complete team in the NFL. Pass rush, run stop, secondary, passing game, running game. I think the Bills are the number one team in the league. And I see Matt's upset alert, so that kind of makes me hesitant because, you know, Matt's got That is Jordan's. Sources. This is Jordan's. Oh, I thought it was Matt Cole. Yeah, I don't care about no, this, this upset Jordan's alert. Upset alert. Yeah, Jordan, yeah, I don't care about this one. Then. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, upset alert. I get it. Derrick Henry's good. But the Buffalo Bills have a lockdown corner, the best safety tandem in the league, in my opinion. They're a tough team to pass on. They, they – First two picks in the draft, they go out and they take defensive ends. They've been able to get out of the team. Josh Allen, since his week one slip-up against the Steelers, has been nothing short of one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is on absolute fire. And we all seen what he does to terrible defenses. A lot of points. 40, 38, 35, 40. I mean, he's just blowing through teams. This team is flying on offense and – you can say, well, the Titans can control the game clock. Well, that's their only chance to make it a close loss because if they lose time of possession, it's just going to be a big loss. Titans don't win this game, can't win this game, will not win this game. I think the Bills roll. You won't find me betting against the Bills. Man, I just love getting kicked out in the last game of the week every week now. Has your connection you see that? I got kicked out just now. Oh uh, no! I, I don't think so. I just just randomly anyway, got booted. Anyways, I, I went hard on Bill I, uh, and the Titans pretty much. I, I I heard most of it. Probably about fifteen seconds. I missed out, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that ultimately you're you're one hundred percent right. I don't. The the thing is, the thing I like about the Titans is that their willingness to pound the rock, their offensive line play, and Ryan Tannehill's complete play. Well, Ryan Tannehill seemed to have dipped. I didn't think he would, but he did. Even though they gave him Julio Jones. Julio Jones doesn't even look like Julio Jones. He looks like a a big giant. I don't even know. He just looks like a big receiver. He doesn't look like he's explosive. He doesn't look like he's actually dominant anymore. Uh, he, hell, he looks like he's slightly better than Nikhil Harry. <laughs> and I'm not just trying to diss Julio. I like Julio. But uh, the Bills are able to do whatever they want. And though they're probably not known for a rushing attack, they seem to be able to run the ball on teams when they need to, too. I think Buffalo goes on the road and beats Tennessee. And I like Tennessee, but it's not enough to uh, beat the Bills. Bills are top three team in this league. I have met number two this week. Brad had them at one, and I think they keep rolling. Mm-hmm. So, well, guys, that uh, that is Real Talk Live, Sunday morning, NFL countdown, week six. That's all the games. If you have any questions, throw them in the chat now. Upset alert. Lions get their first win. Listen here, Matt. Settle ah. down. Bengals are going to run the Lions today. 
Absolutely run them. Kyle, loss of OC has killed Tannehill. Yeah, and it's just weird. It's just weird because obviously having A.J. Brown and, and Julio Jones um, and Derrick Henry, you'd think that just an OC wouldn't matter, but truly it does, obviously. Matt, negative, goes right. Listen, dude. Jordan, Jags, baby. Jags. I think they're about to get yeah, their first so, win here. So the Dolphins – take the ball away, and on, like, the next possession, they give the Jaguars their second takeaway of the season. They intercept Tua, and the Jags are up four with the ball on Miami's 39, first and 10 with a minute left in the game. So this game's actually really close. We'll see if the Jaguars can make it a two-possession game or if they're going to give the Dolphins a chance. We'll see, but looks good for the Jags. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a minute to go in the third quarter. Yes, that's what I said. Is that what I said? I, th- I think you said game. No, nope, it's all good. Yeah, all right. Well, you guys will let you uh, get back to your NFL Sunday and uh, watch the Jags complete their first win of the year uh, and watch uh, Urban Meyer and the Jags grind this one out. So, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no? No? I all right. Urban Meyer, man. <laughs> Happy NFL Sunday. Thank you guys for the support. We love you. We're out. Real talk. Catch you later, guys. Go Pads.